Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it appears that in colder parts of Canada, the May long weekend is kind of a milestone for gardeners. And so you may have spent some time recently staring at the different plants in your gardens as you attempt to liberate the valuable flowers from the faster-growing, ugly weeds that are choking them out. Your beloved plant is there, and you see it as it's trying to grow stronger, but you know it may face a battle for the water and the air and the space that it needs as it gets there. The church confesses that the kingdom of God is similar to that valuable plant. Although it has been there since God created the world, it is being hidden by attacking enemies. And those enemies need to be uprooted before the full beauty of the kingdom can be seen. The kingdom of God is a rare jewel buried in the dirt that needs to be dug up and and cleaned and seen. It's a silver that's made impure by the dross that needs to be burned off or a copper spoon that needs to be polished so that the full colors of the spoon can be seen. A nice white shirt that is stained and needs to be cleaned again. God's perfect kingdom of paradise with its faithful subjects that hallowed God's name in everything, like we read about at the beginning in the beginning of the Bible, that kingdom was infiltrated by imperfection and by evil desires, corrupted by rebellion. And now we read in first Kings or sorry, in Romans eight, that it groans as it waits eagerly for the restoration of all things, when God will be all in all. We read that in 1 Corinthians 15. As part of this creation and knowing our God, we always seek first the kingdom of God. And we are thankful for the words that our Lord Jesus has given us to express our heart's desire, your kingdom come. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme, which is our prayer, Father in heaven, may all your subjects see the full beauty of your kingdom. And we pray that God will remove the stains and weeds of the devil's work and that he will reveal the shine of his kingdom building work. So first of all, we pray that God will remove the stains and the weeds of the devil's work. We do not work and live with a a devil-made-me-do-it ideology. When we talk about the devil's work, we begin at the beginning where he was responsible for instigating Adam and Eve to rebel against their heavenly father, who was also their creator and their king. We read it in Scripture, men and women rebelled, And generation after generation was conceived and born in the rebel camp with a sinful nature that hates God's law and hates God himself. The sinful desires of our stained hearts, they they cover up the, the sheen, the shine 
of the beautiful creation that we are by God's creating grace. It corrupts our hearts and makes us rebellious. Like Adam and Eve, the hateful spite that the devil feels against the beauty of God's name, sometimes it it takes hold in our weakened wills and makes us resent God and resent the perfect law of independence that we find, interdependence that we find in the Ten Commandments. Like the devil, we find that our sinful desires, our sinful nature desires to see our own kingdoms given priority and God's kingdom put on the back burner. When we consider the priorities that we give to our families, or to our jobs, to our homes, as we decide how to use our time and our money, we can see it right there in front of us how those, those seeds of rebellion deep within our very own hearts, they often grow up to be weeds that the devil is happily watering to choke and slow down the growth of God's work within us. Sometimes our pride and our personal desire to be successful in the world and in our own little kingdoms, it even makes us embarrassed to be holy and to lead a holy life that is different than those lived by unbelievers. Jesus taught us to pray in in this context, O Lord, may your kingdom grow stronger and stronger within our own hearts first of all. O Holy Spirit, starting with the little pieces, the individuals, the little me's, that make up a part of the greater kingdom, work on our hearts so that we have a desire to submit ourselves to God, our maker, to adjust our priorities, to take the moment to to evaluate our priorities. And then, Lord, make us seek your kingdom and your glory, first of all. And as we pray for humble spirits that seek to submit, that's how we confess, submit to the work of the Holy Spirit within us through God's holy word, we need to realize that our inner battles that struggle within us, it's in the context of Satan's war against God and his church. Romans 16 makes that very clear says, makes it clear in verse 20 that Satan is still around. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5 verse 8 that Satan, the devil, is prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour. 1 John 3 verse 8 reveals that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. This same Jesus, the same Son of God who came down to earth, he is the one who teaches us to pray to the Father, praying that his kingdom will come, that God will be with his people while the devil works to silence God and his word. In the last verses of Romans chapter 16, Paul makes sure that the church realizes just how real the danger is. 
just how dangerous Satan is and how, how dangerous it is that we become naive. Paul connects divisions in the church and obstacles that people put in our way with Satan's work as opposed to the God of peace. And he warns us about smooth talk and flattery that deceives us so that we move away from the doctrine that we have been taught, the faith, handed over from one generation to the next. Paul tells us that people who cause divisions and put obstacles in the way of God's faithful subjects are serving their own appetites. He isn't just talking about food, though. He's talking about people who don't want to submit themselves to Jesus Christ and serve him. They are people who have their own kingdoms in mind, their own reputation. Although their intentions may be pure, he warns us that they are being deceived and even cause divisions because they don't realize that they are swallowing teaching or doctrine that is against God's inspired word. And sometimes we see this even in our own circles. We see some unnecessary arguments about different books and authors where Christians, brothers and sisters, are, are willing to hurt and to exclude other members in order to defend people far away who, who they don't even know. For the devil, it makes sense to, to prey on the naive by offering half-truths or by appealing to emotions associated with tradition or family so that Christians start saying unkind things to other Christians. Those divisions, those obstacles, those things that hurt so much. Paul says it. He says, it's Satan working. What better way to destroy the church than by creating an atmosphere where it is unacceptable to point out doctrinal differences while at the same time planting evangelists for false doctrine right in our areas of influence. Paul says in Jude 1 verse 12, they are hidden reefs. In, in the NIV, it was blemishes at our love feasts, fruitless trees in late autumn. And as we read these words and we reflect on them, we recognize, brothers and sisters, there are so many subtle ways and, and manners of leading us away from the revelation of God and the true doctrine of scriptures. There's no wonder that our Lord Jesus, as, as he was here and, and he was teaching us, he said, pray regularly. Oh, heavenly Father, help us to avoid divisions and obstacles contrary to the doctrine that we have been taught. Help us not to become naive and influenced by smooth talk and flattery. Help us to serve only Jesus Christ and not to be dissuaded from the truth like enchanted children following the Pied Piper. Help us to see that the devil wants nothing more than to destroy the authority of your word, to divide the church, to confuse God's people. And then, O oh Lord, help us to faithfully follow our King, Jesus Christ, as he guides his people through this battle to the victory. 
And when we pray the second petition of the Lord's Prayer, we start our request with the understanding, the, the sure knowledge that God is and always has been king. We are praying for the end of the rebellion, the removal of the stains and the weeds, and not for God to establish a new kingdom. God's kingdom suffered an invasion of insurgents that broke his eternal law that Paul says in Romans 1, they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And though they may be powerful against the subjects of God's kingdom, we also confess and we know that the insurgents are flailing around in weakness and despair when compared to the king of glory. We confess in Article 12 of the Belgic Confession that although they seek to ruin the church and all its members and to destroy everything by their wicked devices, they daily expect their horrible t eternal torments because everybody knows that God's kingdom will endure and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We do not have a doubt that God is in control of everything. And as we confess this certainty, it makes us pray, Lord, preserve and increase your church. Reveal the shine of your kingdom building work. And once again, it's very important to understand that when we pray your kingdom come, it doesn't mean that we think that his kingdom is not already here. He is king of the universe. We, we sing that in our praises. We, we know that to be true. We see this and we see his dominion in the visible church where he dwells with his people, where he, where he shepherds us through our office bearers who have, who have been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And that is why our prayer for the kingdom is always also a prayer for the church of Jesus Christ. In the coming of the kingdom, you will see that the church is preserved and increased. The church of Jesus Christ, where God's children assemble in worship and praise, that's at the heart and the center of the kingdom of God Almighty. The church is restored territory, where most of the resistance has been destroyed and over which the banner of Christ flies high. In Isaiah 11, speaks of Christ as a signal for the nations or a banner over his people. In the church of the living God, you see the power of the great king who changes hearts of stone into, the hearts, into hearts of flesh in a miraculous way that can be compared to creation or the raising from the dead. When the church is preserved from the attacks where the stains and corrosion are, are removed or begin to be removed, where the choking weeds are cut back and, and you can begin to see the, that fullness of the kingdom of God and his glory. A people chosen to everlasting life. Hearts transformed through the preaching of the one true word of God. Love and unity that pushes back the entangling weeds of, of division and unkindness and obstacles. God's kingdom is coming through 
Christ, through that, that church where people submit to God's word and spirit, where people make sacrifices of their time and their money and their energy and their travel in order that the truth may be upheld where, where God's kingdom is given the priority. We can rejoice with Paul as he says in verse 19 that about the obedience of a church that is willfully and, and, and determinedly living lives that is different than the world in which it is set. Knowing that God's kingdom will certainly grow like that little stone in Daniel's vision that grew to, to take over the whole world. We pray that we as God's people, as, as individuals, as husbands and wives, as, as children, as parents, as believers in Jesus Christ, that we may faithfully remain a part of God's work. Oh, Heavenly Father, we pray, hallowed be your name. Preserve your church so that she may remain wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. O God of peace, who will crush Satan, the divider, under our feet, God of endurance and encouragement, grant that we may live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, and then to use the words of Paul, that together we may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to shine as God's people. And finally, the Holy Spirit promises in, in Romans 16, verse 25, God is able to strengthen the church according to the gospel that Paul brought and the preaching of Jesus Christ. As the church grows, the kingdom grows. And in our love for our gracious covenant Father and King, it is our sincere desire. That's why we pray it. It's our sincere desire that the kingdom of God will, will be more and more visible. We pray that we may become more and more holy and strong in our faith. But we also pray for, for an increase in numbers. Jesus told us that more people will wash the stains from the dirty uniforms they used in, in Satan's service. They will wash those uniforms in the blood of Christ. They will put on clean robes of Christ's army and they will no longer make a practice of sinning. Since the eternal God told us that the gospel has been revealed in the Holy Scriptures. We read that at the end of Romans 16, a gospel revealed to all nations. And then he commanded that it be preached in order to bring about the obedience of faith. Our prayer for the increase of God's church is just a prayer that God will keep his promise. That gives us a lot of certainty. It gives us a lot of confidence as we go out. It's God's kingdom. We are servants of his kingdom. Oh, eternal God and gracious King, we pray. Fulfill your promise to 
open your arms and receive many more repentant, humble subjects through the doors that you have flung open in Jesus Christ. And so as a congregation, we pray, bless the missionaries. Bless those who preach the gospel. Bless our efforts to speak to our neighbor, our colleagues. Bless the Vacation Bible School in our church. Bless the the website committee. Bless the welcome that we give to guests. Help us to think about that as we come to church. Bless the meeting this week to get the ball rolling on the Reformed Reading Room or Reformed Studies Center in our city. We pray this because we want God's name to receive the glory. That's the prayer, your kingdom come. We want to be a part of that kingdom as it becomes more and more visible. The weeds are getting cut back and and more and more of those valuable chosen flowers of our eternal king are visible. We pray with every person you have chosen from before the creation of the world on their knees before your throne, drinking from the water of life. O Lord, grant that many more may give glory forevermore through Jesus Christ to the only wise God. And brothers and sisters, if you pray this, and if you desire this, now look at your life. Look at how much you mean what you say. Our Lord Jesus taught us to say it, to pray it, but he wants his people to desire it. We do not doubt that the plant of God's kingdom will reach its full size. We know that God will realize, will fulfill his eternal plan. We know that all opposition will be rooted out like weeds that will wither away. And we want to see it. And so we pray, your kingdom come. And we do not doubt the the truth and the beauty of the fullness of the kingdom of God. We know it's beautiful beyond our imagination. And we know that as the church grows, more and more subjects will be able to see it until the number is complete. And so we pray, your kingdom come. Amen.